Talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And this is the Quick and the Dirty podcast. It's basically all the deep, dark, and dirty secrets you talk about with your friends, except we do it on the internet for everybody to witness, which is only mildly embarrassing. Mildly embarrassing, but definitely an emotional roller coaster ride. Absolutely. Uh, so this week we have uh, an interesting guest. She is, um, well, Sandra, I'll let you explain. <laughs> You know, I don't even know where to start with this week's guest, but all I know is I need to be a very, very good girl or I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Uh, We have a dominatrix on our show today. (laughs) We're going to leave lots of time for it. So uh, today's quick is going to be actually very quick. Super Uh, quick. What happened in my week? I realized that my life as I know it is over. Um, Oh, where do we start, Hillary? (laughs) So I have been single for quite some time. Uh, I haven't had children of my own while all my friends have. And I've been living the fun lifestyle, kind of going off and doing whatever I want and dating. And now I'm in a serious relationship with a guy with two children who I put off meeting for like over a year and a half. And now they are a part of my life. They are eight and ten and my life is over. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcome to parenthood. Honest to god, but your your life is over how? Because I feel like I've seen your Facebook feed all weekend and you look like you're a having an amazing time. And uh, B, you you actually got to piggyback all those shitty years where you know you have to change diapers <laughs> and whatever. You get the fun stuff now. It's true. No, I am having a blast. It is amazing, but it I think because I didn't go through all the shitty years and I didn't get pregnant and I didn't mentally prepare myself in any way for playing a role somewhat like a parent. Yeah. I will never be their parent. They have two wonderful parents, but you're still an adult in their life. And it's really weird. Like last week I went to a party. It was a pool party with work. And everybody brought their children and they bring out dinner. And before I had to make my own dinner, I had to put together a kid's plate. That's right. Yeah. They what the always fuck is first. that? I know. <laughs> God's sakes. What is that? I'm hungry and I'm cranky and I'm going to throw a tantrum. I don't have time to find the cheese that isn't too runny or the meat that doesn't crumble funny in your mouth. And I don't care that you don't like chicken. I know. And <laughs> you've been selfish all your life up until this point. Well, yeah, because you can. Because you can. And now it's like, fuck, you got to eat too? Come on. Come on. Where's your father? (laughs) But you know what? I I remember when I first had kids, I'm like, God, they got to eat three times a day. Constantly eating and you're constantly making food and you're constantly making snacks or making lunches or whatever. They they never stop. They never stop. And not like us where it's like, God, I better not eat a lot today because, you know, I'm I'm feeling bloated. They never stop eating. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing that I've noticed is that I am now, um, I'm a jungle gym and a jester. So we went to the zoo and we went to the zoo and we were waiting in line for movies or whatever. And one of them's hanging on me. One of them wants to be entertained and you're just constantly on. <laughs> I know. Exactly. And you can't be bitchy or whatever because, no. because, because again, you're not the mom. And I need them to like me and I need to pretend that I'm a good person until that they do. Right. And you can't have them going back to mom and saying, I was on Hillary and she dropped me. Or <laughs> Hillary says, fuck a lot, mom. You can't have that. You want mom to think that her kids are safe in your hands. Oh, absolutely. Like we can pretend. And um... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they're, they're hanging off you and then you're like, oh, this is great. Everything it's is a love hate thing, though, because I love it. Because they want to be close to me. Yeah. And they want... uh, It's kind of cool because the youngest isn't a daddy's girl. She's very independent. But the eldest is very much attached to her father. So there's not much room for them to share his attention. So now I get all of the youngest's attention. Aw. Which is kind of amazing. The other thing that I notice is I'm now furniture. (laughs) Uh, we don't sit on the couch and watch TV. We sit on Hillary and watch TV. Oh, come on. You know what? I know you're you're acting all stoic and hard, but you love it. I know you I love do. it. I know. Like the deepest, darkest, awful places of my soul are melting a little bit. Are they? Bit. Oh, yeah. You're not the cold bitch you were a week ago. <laughs> well, 
only when I'm around them. <laughs> <laughs> and do, do you find though, like when I when I had kids too, I, I started getting in touch with that maternal side a little bit more gradually, gradually. And then you realize that you're not just, you know, a, a parent figure. I mean, there's a responsibility in being a role model. Oh, absolutely. It's terrifying. Yeah, no more shots for you, Hillary. <laughs> Well, we only have them half time, so that's, that's fine. right. Just when you really need a little kicker, right? I still get to be the hoe bag I normally Aww, am. Half honey, the week. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. That's amazing. What happened in your week? Well, yesterday I went to the uh, city of Ottawa's annual Pride Parade, and of course, I marched the parade for my you know 15th year in a row or something like that proudly with my radio station. But yesterday. I don't know why yesterday just dawned on me that I'm not as fabulous as I think I am. And I left the parade genuinely disgruntled. (laughs) Wasn't the other people all having a great time in their half outfits? Or was it like... It was the the drag queens who put me to shame every single time I'm around one. And I realize that they're over the top and everything. But even yesterday, I spent an hour and a half doing my makeup. I put on the longest lashes I could find. I mean, I I thought I did like a crazy eye makeup and everything. And to them, that's just Wednesday. You know, like it's nothing. (laughs) And I'm just like, God damn it. I I just, I can't be that fabulous. And I, I like to be fabulous, but I can't be fabulous at a pride parade so then i started in my mind i do the rolodex okay sandra you're gonna have to get a headdress for next year (laughs) you're gonna need a very you're gonna need seven capes that you're gonna stitch together for next year you're gonna need a feather tail one of those big ones they have for like caribbean festivals feather tail i just every year i want to ramp it up and when i'm around and then the worst part it gets worse in front of me there were these five gorgeous drag queens who were i mean i can't even they were so amazing and they were each walking in minimum three inch heels and and you know i can barely stand in three inch heels at a wedding you know i'm two hours i'm done and they walked a parade the whole parade i can't even like walk across my apartment i guess Like, I'm old. We've talked about this before. I have standing heels and walking heels. And these ladies were, uh, they were next level. But I mean, it was pretty fabulous. And what I, what I love is that, you know, this morning I woke up, I came to work <laughs> on my bathroom floor. My lashes are just like, like just remnants <laughs> of, of what my past fabulousness used to be. And a little piece of feather from my boa. And was it just, like coming home from the club the next morning and you wake up here and make up like the shame? <laughs> Across your face. <laughs> yeah, that's. I actually had to take a running start at taking my makeup off. There was so much of it. So at least I, you didn't wake up with your underwear in your purse. Well, that was last weekend. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm. I'm going to work on my fabulousness until next year. Ottawa Pride Parade. Watch me then. I'll show you. <laughs> we. You really have to do, do the whole drag king thing. I'm starting to think I need to go the other way, like really go the other way. But I mean, for someone who works so hard on being fabulous and thinking, I got this. I didn't have this yesterday, not even remotely. <laughs> it's OK. It's, it's okay. OK. All right. I, do you still love me? I do. Of course I do. And I think you're amazing and fabulous. That's right. <laughs> I wish all my friends were like you. <laughs> all right. Let's get to this week's Ooh. dirty. Well, this week's guest on the dirty goes by the name Maleficent Fire. She describes herself as forever kinky. She is a femme dom top and sadist. <laughs> That's a, there's wow, more. I don't even know what half that stuff know, means, but, but I'm sure we'll get the full explanation. <laughs> Hillary, there's more. Wait. <laughs> She identifies I know. She identifies as polyamorous and pansexual. She's okay. an advocate for SSC, which is safe, sane, and consensual sex. That sounds totally legit. And she's also a mom and a grandma. Please welcome to the quick and the dirty maleficent fire. <laughs> welcome. Ooh, hi. Hi, Hillary. Hello, nice to meet you, Nancy. Or is it maleficent or maleficent? It's maleficent. Okay. Like the evil queen. Like the evil queen. <laughs> I love it. I love that when, like, this is the first time we've met. And I, I love that when we were having a quick email exchange, I said, What can I call you? And she said, Oh, you can call me Maleficent Fire or Nancy, whatever you want. <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm going to go with Maleficent. I feel like it feels a little dirtier to me. And I like that. It's dirty. It's, it's more evil. It is. <laughs> All right. So, how did you get into the lifestyle? You say you were forever kinky, but now you're like living out loud, proud. Why? Where does this come from? 
Uh, well, it actually started uh, started in the plenty of fish world, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, I met somebody through there who was involved in the lifestyle. Um, I didn't know just how involved until one day a, 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 something came up on my Facebook news feed that he had liked a club. So I followed a link, which led to another link, which led to another link. And I thought, wow, this stuff is real. I thought this just, you know, was in the movies or in my head. Um, and uh, yeah, so I uh, it led me to FetLife, uh, which is a website. Basically, uh, it's a social networking site, something like Facebook, but for kinky people. Really? I, you'd, I'd only heard of FetLife a week or two ago, and uh, I, I, this is a whole new world of things that are going on that we, us, us vanilla sex people, couldn't possibly <laughs> understand. So uh, FetLife is great. Uh, be careful where you tread if you're new, because there's a lot of things you might see that would maybe scare you there. Um, there's, there's really, really a little bit of everything. Uh, it, but it's also a great site. There's, it's educational. You can join groups, just like Facebook. Uh, pick something that you're interested in. Do a search. It's probably going to come up. There's probably going to be a group, and there's likely going to be people right under your feet that you didn't know there's always somebody there Uh, okay so you say that you're forever kinky pardon me i'm not really sure what the definition of kinky really i mean i think i know but is there a a sort of a widespread understood definition of kinky it's very unique it's very individual um just like uh bdsm is very individual Uh, i could tell you what it means to me but it could mean something different to everybody that you talk to okay bdsm that's when you take pleasure from pain okay bdsm is a little easier to explain uh if you break down the letters so the bd is bondage and discipline okay the the ds in the middle dominance and submission okay and the sm is sadomasochism all right. That's a lot. That's a lot going <laughs> so, but on. But you could it be is. you could be BD but not SM. Exactly. You can be two of the things, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, the SM is more the pain for pleasure. Okay. Uh, DS dominance and submission is um, it can include some physical things, but it's uh, more of a, a mental emotional state. Okay. Um and the the BD is more uh you know tying people up. Right. You know? The the bondage. bondage. The bondage part and of discipline. it. Discipline could, you know, run over into the pain part. Too, so you, but it could be mental discipline as well. You say kinky means different things to different people. What does kinky mean to you? So I, when I say I've always been kinky, I've always been a little off the mainstream. Vanilla, vanilla sex, boring. Vanilla yeah. porn. Boring. See, kinky, kinky to me is having sex with the lights on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just try and let's get a definition going here. What, what would be kinky to you? Or, you know, even before this world, you said that you were always a little bit. Yeah. Um, just, I don't, you know, it's hard to explain, but uh, different in general, like missionary. Yeah. Forget it. Forget about it. Oh, there are other um, positions? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Good to know. Positions, places. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I've always had a little bit of uh, exhibitionist uh, and voyeur in me. Um, so, I mean, I knew that from an early age. You know, you s- I sneaked in, snuck into my dad's porn magazines. Uh, I don't know, early teens, I guess. Um now, like penthouse, and you know what? Everybody says, "Oh, I don't look at the pictures. I I want to I want to read, read the, the articles." Yeah, that's really true for me. <laughs> that's really true because I did I I drew from those stories. I've always wanted to know what's going on in people's heads a little right. more than and those what stories they like. were really sexual fantasies of people realizing yeah. them. I think, yeah, if memory serves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be sure, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am sure. I'm so, sure. <laughs> what was your first foray into something a little more than vanilla? Like, what's the progression? Um. Well, I think it started from my teen years, I guess. Um, the, the voyeurism and, and the exhibitionism a little bit then. Um, the uh, the bondage stuff for sure. A uh, little bit of a little bit of the pain. I don't think I was in. I, not sure that I would have called myself a sadist so much back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also surprising to a lot of people uh, a little bit of a masochist too, a little bit. Um, not to be confused with submissive, because uh, mm-hmm. I am 
there's not a submissive bone so in my you, body. So that means that you like to, you don't mind inflicting a little pain and you'll take a little too. Right. Right. Well, that's a give and take relationship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, I I knew that from an earlier age, and you know, it's it's something I didn't hear all my friends talking about. You know, when we all started getting to that age, where we would talk about sex, everybody was pretty mainstream. Everybody's stories mm-hmm. were very very. That's similar. right. First and, base, second base. Did you yeah. whip him? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah that, that didn't, didn't really come up. And uh, <laughs> and I wasn't always so open back then, right? You know, so I didn't really talk about that stuff unless I found a partner that. You know, I could trust enough to go that route with, right? Well, for but, sure, because you're also, it's a non-traditional role for a female to be dominant, I think, especially yeah. in the yeah. sexual world. Like, more often than not, I think, to some extent, men tend to be a little more dominant in the sack. Women tend to sit back. And, and there's, of course, a little bit of play when it comes to even vanilla sex. But what made you decide that you were going to be dominant, that you were going to be the boss? <laughs> That's a great story, actually. Um, when I did get uh, start getting involved, um, we'll call it publicly, right? When I came out in the lifestyle, um, I actually thought at that point, because of the masochistic tendencies, you know, I like to get a spank or something, I must be submissive. And that's kind of how I came out, how I identified when I built my fat life profile. I said that I was submissive or um, actually, no, I think I put switch at the time. Which and is meaning either or? You go both ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wasn't really clear on all the definitions. All this stuff was new to me. That was over a decade ago. So um, yeah, so I came out as, as a submissive slash switch. And uh, I, I went away with somebody who identified as dominant. Uh, we went on a, a kinky camping trip, actually. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. What are you tied to? <laughs> what are you, oh, she's in a tent. You know, uh, other people, cages. You, kinky you, camping you, trip. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole other kind of forest. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I went up there thinking along those lines, and in the three days that I was there, I came back absolutely, completely sure that there was nothing submissive about me. I was bossing people around and taking the toys, and you know, taking the toys away. And <laughs> wow, you must uh, have been a real disappointment to your lover that weekend. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that part didn't go so well, but uh, I'm happy to say we're friends. <laughs> we're friends now, even even you know, ten years later. Um. But yeah, so I, I had a hand. So they, at the Kinky Camping, they had an exploratorium where you can try different things. And I realized at that point when I was having some things done to me, some dragon tails and some whips and some uh, porcupine quills. And um, I'm sorry. Bring on, yeah, more I gotta questions. Go back. <laughs> I don't even know what half of those are. Oh, okay. With dragon tail, porcupine quills. That really sounds like it hurts. <laughs> um, only in a good way. Only in a good way. So they're le- legit porcupine <laughs> quills. Yes, yes. And and where do you put them? There is it uh, like acupuncture but sexy? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It goes just under the skin. There's a barb at the bottom of it. And it goes just under the skin, and uh, it's it's just a, a slightly little stingy pain. Pain is a whole other thing. There's a whole science behind the the pain. You know, too, right? before we go any further, I just want to considering the topic. Should we have a safe word for this podcast? <laughs> Let's just use red. We'll just <laughs> say, when you say, anybody just says say the red. word red, we're going to stop this podcast immediately. Perfect. Okay. As you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying um, a lot of these things out. And even to this day, if I'm going to do any kind of edge play, any anything that's... Okay. What's edge play? Anything bordering sort of on the unsafe. Uh, it can be emotional edge play. It can be pain related, physical edge play. Um so any any hard play, any hard physical play, um, I always like to have it tried on myself so I get a good feel for what other people are experiencing. So um, at that at that camp, uh, I was doing the exploratorium. I was trying all these different things, and I realized as I was trying them how badly I wanted to be the one to doing, be in charge, inflicting the pain and being in charge. And, wow, what do you yeah. think that says about you psychologically? Get on the couch, girl. <sighs> Let's get into this. Well, okay, I could be a bitch. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, it's, I like power. I like power. And a lot of um, the BDSM, especially the DS part, the dominant submiss- uh, submissive part, um, we also call that 
power exchange, right? So it's when uh, you, you build a relationship, a trusting relationship with somebody and you give them that power, right? There's, there's a, an emotional bonding that can happen there. There's obviously physical trust that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so, so interesting. Like the idea of it, because I would say, although I don't get into the, the kinky stuff, I would say in the bedroom, I like to not be in charge because I have to be so in charge of my everyday life. So what what, what makes you want to be the other side? Um, well, first, let me say that we see that a lot in submissives. You might be a little bit submissive. <laughs> um, what makes you want to be the other? I don't know. I think... Um, I'm I'm certainly I'm hardwired that way. It could be related to my past. Um I have a lot of uh there's a lot of things in my past in my childhood where I didn't have a lot of that control. Um and I think, you know, like it's it's a little bit about taking that back for me, maybe somewhere down deep. That's a part of what it is, but uh another part of it, it it's just fun. It's fun. I have a good time doing what I do. Do you know when you hear stories of men in particular who like to be tied up, who like to be submissive, many of them I hear, and maybe you can confirm this, are generally powerful men in their lives who have these big jobs where they have to be in charging and control. And in their private lives, they want the complete opposite. Is that is that what it also, I mean, is, Absolutely. are they just not getting that balance in their regular lives? Yeah, that can very much be a part of it. It is, it's often the case. It's not always the case. There's, there's very various reasons but that's a pretty popular popular idea because yeah. i get that i totally understand that somebody who's always got to be on in charge and they're in control every once in a while wants to say god i just want to rest and do something different let <laughs> someone take care of me yeah yeah for sure for sure um and sometimes when you are in charge you can put that into play too because uh, myself as a dominant there's a lot of submissive men out there or submissive women that will say let me take care of you Right. Right. They want to pamper. They want to, especially if somebody with a foot fetish. Right. I could go out and get myself a nice hour long foot massage if I wanted, you know. So. Wow. Wouldn't that yeah, be nice? It's, it's really <laughs> a two way street. Like a lot of people. Um, there's there's a very common misconception uh, with the DS that there's abuse in this. Uh, but I can't stress enough that if if you're doing it and you're doing it right, there's consent there's the want to be on either side, either side of that DS slash. Um, there's, uh, it, it's not, there's, don't get me wrong, just like any kind of dating or whatever, there's abuse out there. There's the wrong people doing the wrong things. But um, for the people that ask for this, you know, it's not that way at all. It's a very give and receive kind of relationship. So interesting. Back to the abuse for a second. Mm -hmm. When you say that they consent to it, what if they say, hit me until I bleed and, and it's, and you're not comfortable with it. I mean, I'm just wondering, is there a point where people can really, really get hurt? And is that okay? Uh, No, if it's non-consensual, it's not okay. But what if they say, hit me until I bleed? And I mean, you they're asking you to really hurt them. I mean, is even if it's consensual, is that okay? If you are not comfortable with it? No. What if you are comfortable with it? If you're comfortable with it, if you're comfortable hitting them till they bleed and they want that. Yes. Um, Negotiation. How do you protect yourself legally, though? Um, Hmm. Good question. Um, you better ask your lawyer. <laughs> uh, I've never had to have a lawyer, thankfully. Uh, one thing that uh, I do really push for, though, um, and, and a lot of people will, are um, negotiation. Uh, I am a heavy negotiator. If I'm, I mean, if somebody just wants a little demo and they want to see how a little bit of flogging feels, not a big deal. If somebody is... Um, asking for something that's so what you're talking is we would consider edge play okay right um if somebody wants to do something like that um there's a lot of negotiating that goes into it first of all um before playing that way with somebody uh there would have to be a a huge level of trust between us um we negotiate things like um sometimes it's, you know, a little bit of their past, their emotional past. You want to know how they're going to react to stuff like that emotionally. Uh, are they going to be able to deal with 
what so a lot of science happens, right? right? A lot of chemistry, body chemistry happens in a case like that with that kind of pain. Um, you want to know their medical history. Uh, if they're if they're going to be bleeding, are you fluid bonded with them? Are you fluid, fluid bonded? bonded? Um, so is it safe? So like say sex, right? You know what kind of protection are you going to use, um, or are you even going to going to go to that length? You know, are you close enough with that person that you can do that? Um, and if if so, what is the level of protection? Um, you want to know uh, what their pain level is like. Chances are, if you're taking somebody to a level like that, it's somebody that you have played with before, and you've seen them at various stages. Right. Oh, so this pain. is you build to that point. Obviously, right. this isn't this isn't a first date we're talking no, about. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, not for me. Now there are people out there that would do that, and I don't really consider them safe players. Yeah. Have you have you ever had a mishap? Have you ever have you ever had some bondage go wrong, or you know that uh, that that safe word has been used aggressively? Um, not I I haven't uh, had anything where you know not with a not where a safe word has really had to be you well not aggressively. I have read. <laughs> no, like I have taken somebody who wants to push limits, and we push them to a point where they want to go to that stage. They want to be pushed to the point where they say, okay, that's enough, right? And they would say red. Um, as far as mishaps goes, uh, recently at another camping trip. <laughs> Damn you campers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was I was doing a scene uh, with a friend. Uh, we were doing some needle play. You have a question my, I'm sorry, in your my, eyes. Yeah. Hillary, my mouth is now just opened. <laughs> needle so play. So what's needle play? Like you stick them in places that, yes. Yes. So like special places? Uh, like well, my pretty could places? Be, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I can show you some pictures after the show. Oh, um, please don't. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I'll, I'll actually put them up as part of the podcast. Why not? Okay. Or maybe not. Um, we'll see. So, uh, yeah. So hypoderm- hypodermic needles. Um just under oh, the skin. safe, yeah. Just under the skin, um, and we had made a corset out of rubber bands, and I was pulling the bands back, so it pulls on the needles. It also, you know, when you snap. Anyway, we were loving it, and we were having a great time, and uh, and a needle popped out. Uh oh. Into the grass. Uh oh. <laughs> scene over. We didn't have to call red, but scene was over. <laughs> um, right, because you like have to find it and make we, sure. Yeah, safe. because like people are walking around with bare feet, and there's a needle in the grass. So there was like three or four of us, you know. <laughs> feeling around in the grass we did find the needle by the way i was not leaving until we found the needle you know i'll be honest i thought this story was going to be way worse <laughs> just way worse uh, that's, no. all, that's not so I bad haven't had, i haven't had those way worse mishaps fortunately. well because you see that show on like the learning i don't even know if it's a learning channel but on one of those weird educational channels about like sex in the er things that wound people up in emergency rooms yes that's right <laughs> no, oh I'll my god hillary have you ever seen something like that where someone's had some uh, bdsm go wrong well like you hear stories about things getting lost up places oh. <laughs> <laughs> i have heard stories like that too fortunately hasn't happened to me but you haven't you haven't have never it. lost no, anything no but you but you have tried <laughs> Well, <laughs> what's okay? Just I'm just without being too graphic. What's the? Give me the name of the object. Um, that I haven't lost anything. No, but what have you tried? Oh, <laughs> just the name of the oh. object object that went in. Um, don't say Tonka truck. No, actually, I haven't really. I don't think I've done anything too weird. Uh, That's the most vanilla thing you do. May, yeah, yeah, probably. Maybe like the end of a toy, the end of a whip, or all yeah, right. Uh, needles. Oh yes, needles. Yeah, Not that's totally needles, vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I know, Hillary. Hillary, here I am. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm the most van- vanilla person in the bedroom. I used to. I'm a Montreal girl, so I used to think that I was pretty wild. And then I got married, and it stopped being wild. So here I am trying to just act cool, just trying to be cool. You know what I mean? We well, have to make up your mind. Is it gonna cool or fabulous? Oh, I, I'm neither. It turns try, out. Try one. Get I'm neither. One. Have you ever tied somebody up and then just left? No, no, I don't do that. Uh, I don't. I don't feel that safe. Uh, I, I do know there's there are people that do it. Um, I have gone to another room briefly, 
But that's it. I would like not. Like Ghana made a sandwich and be like, I'll be right back. I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm the dumb. They make me the sandwich. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I feel like, Sandra, if it weren't for like all the kinky sex parts, you could totally love being a dom. I, I like, would, this is do like this my for thing. me. I kind of feel like Tim might be secretly submissive as it stands. <laughs> there's a part of, I think most, well, I wouldn't say most people, obviously there's people like you say are hardwired to be a certain way, but I, yeah, I think I could, I could totally do this. And my, and I, you do this in your spare time for fun. <laughs> yeah, Why aren't you yeah. making money at this? Cause you could make a lot of money doing this. Um, yeah. Funny you say that because my vanilla job, uh, I'm really at a crossroads with it. So it's a consideration. It's definitely a consideration. I'm my would fear it take is that the it, fun out of it. Yeah, that's yeah. I was just gonna say my fear is that I would lose the joy of it, but I don't know. For the right amount of money, it could be joyful too. I guess. <laughs> have you ever had a moment because you are a dom mm-hmm. where you have a partner, you tie them up, you're doing your thing, and you're like, man, you're pathetic. Because <laughs> that would be my fear. Like, <laughs> so I have that feeling every day online, every day. Not while I'm tied up, because usually if I have a partner, I've picked, I am picky. I'm, I'm really choosy, and that uh, sometimes is my downfall, maybe, but um, I, I do have friends. If I want to just play and get my dumb on, I have lots of friends that I can do things to. Um, but I do have uh, the online profile of Fat Life and uh, Caller Space as well. And yeah, there are some guys that are just doormats. Dorm- and you know what? Honestly, there are some doms that like that i don't like that but you like a little bit of give and take where you have to work for it a little it's bit, like yeah. yeah so it's okay if he gets mouthy every once in a while because you need to put him in place <laughs> oh yeah i lo- i actually love that so we call them brats <laughs> oh they get mouthy and, Mom! Uh, yeah 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 and they get a good spanking for that usually do you have a red room i do not have a red room um my home actually is not really conducive to that i have slanted ceilings there's not a lot of place to swing a vlogger in there um but that's my goal my goal is to someday have a a convertible basement or something that when your grandkids come over you're like put that down that's grandma's whip (laughs) he has not found anything yet (laughs) yeah like does your family know this is your life yes my my i have one daughter we're very very close and uh from a i was a i was a younger single mom and we sort of grew up together i was single at the time which she was going through her teen years so we did a lot of things together a lot of growing together and we're very, very close. She's, I'm, I'm absolutely open to, to her. And uh, she's very curious, you know, she'll ask questions. And um, she's, you know, her, her friends all think I'm super cool because some of her friends know too. I always had the house where all the teenagers came and hung out and not, that is, there's nothing dirty about that. <laughs> they were of just, course not. Yeah. So yeah. you were that fun house and whatever, and nothing, yeah. nothing was off limits basically when it yeah. came to conversation and you were open sexually. Yeah. Did they call did their Nancy? parents ever bust you? Like, oh, yeah. who did did their parents ever find out and get all weirded out? No, no, I wasn't. Um, so I'm 48. I've been doing this about uh, just a little over a decade. So I wasn't really, really into this publicly until um, my daughter was going away to college. I think at that okay. time. Can we talk about some of the people that you play with? Sure. Um, I can't give names. Of course not. Of course not. So you call them subs and you're the dom. Yeah. Right. And by the way, what does top mean? Okay. So uh, if I'm, say if I'm playing with a, a friend, I would tend to call that a top and a bottom. So I'm the one, you know, if we're playing uh, in the S&M sense, I would be the one doing the topping, right? I'm inflicting the pain. Ah. They're the masochist. Um, how... What ha- what happens? I understand that you can tie them up and whatever, but do they what do they, what do they like body parts squeezed and pulled on and like the needles come out and the whole thing? So that's all part of the negotiation. Not everybody likes the same thing, right? right? So I mean, there's some people who are completely turned off by the needle thing. Can't can't look at blood and you know, um, some people like to be spanked. Some people like the whips. Some people like uh, the paddles, any kind of percussion. I do uh, a lot of sensual play as well. So sometimes it's, um, we call drumming, right? So I'll use different objects and just, it's more of a, a gentle, uh, more like a massage, right? And you do it to music and there's just uh, 
sort of an energy exchange there. There's always a little bit of a power exchange, whether you're doing top and bottom or um, if you're doing DS, there's a far greater um, exchange, power exchange there that's a lot more mental, a lot more emotional. Um, so I would I would say uh, dom and sub, if, if we're having that, um, there's some service involved and it's not just the physical play, right? It's not just a, a beat down, you know? <laughs> um, if I go to a party, a lot of times uh, I will I'll play with friends. That's, a, that's more the S&M or the top and bottom for something See, like that. See, what I don't understand is, so you're doing this and this is how you play. So is this foreplay that leads to sex or are you not having sex at all? Not, well, I wouldn't say not at all. <laughs> do, you, do you know what um, I mean? Like when you say we're playing, does it end in sex or does it just, is it just like, does it end in, you know, someone unconscious on the floor? <laughs> never had anybody go unconscious what's on the, me. What's the money <laughs> shot? I would agree, Sandra. Um, so occasionally it's sex. Yeah. Um, but again, I said, like I said, I'm really, really picky about that. Um, so more sex just with your partner. Yes. But play yes. with other people. Right. Right. Okay. So like play would be uh, not penetration necessarily with your parts, but maybe penetration on them. <laughs> um, typically not. Uh, typically, I don't play with um, penetration unless I'm with a partner. Okay. Um, however, I might hit somebody in a sensitive spot or tickle uh-huh. them with a feather in a sensitive spot. Yeah. See, this like just sounds like so much work to me. Like, <laughs> I, I think about my sex life and like, we do all right. We spend some time. We're not like a five minute whatever, but this sounds like a lot of time, which I think for a lot of women would be maybe appealing because one of the problems is that sometimes things go too fast for you to actually get there quote unquote, to have an orgasm. But I feel like it's a lot of work, not necessarily a payoff. And you don't even necessarily like the person that you're doing it with. Oh, no, no. I mean, that happens too in marriages. But (laughs) if I don't like somebody, I'm not doing it. I mean, if I was out getting paid for it, yeah, I might get somebody I might not like or might not be attracted to or something like that. But but then you're getting paid for it. So who cares, right? Um, But for me, again, like I said, I'm picky. Um, but I mean, most people, if they're just going to play with a friend or, or with a partner, then they've, they've chosen somebody they have that attraction to. And there's probably, um, a good emotional connection, even if it's just a friend, right? You know, we know each other really well. Right. Um, I I know, uh, what's going to bring them to a level of, uh, what we call subspace. So it's, uh, when you're playing, when you're dealing with pain, there's, uh, all the body chemicals like the endorphins and the adrenaline and stuff like that. And people mm-hmm. get a rush. It's almost like a drug. It's almost like taking a drug. That's what right? I was going to ask you is what's the feeling that you get for doing this? I know you say that it's part of how you're made up and everything, but there are real endorphins here yeah. and real like just uh, euphoria. It's like a runner's yeah. high, I would imagine. Yeah. You get that very, like yeah. rush. Very similar. Very, very similar to that. Um, the person who's having the pain administered to them is... Um, probably feeling it a lot more um, because the, the the pain signals to let those endorphins out, right? So they're, they're having a lot more of that rush. Um, but the person who's doing it is, like, I do get, um, I go into what we, like, top space, like a, like a sub would go into subspace, right? Um, not as loopy. I'm a lot more in control of my mind when it happens. Uh, sometimes the submissive uh, can, can go... It is like, like like they're high or um, they they go loopy. They go into this hazy sort of mind frame and it's mm-hmm. good. And they get, you know, you you look at them and their eyes are glassy and they're all like, <laughs> you know, um, and it's great. It's great to be able to take somebody to that point. Um, but yeah, I feel uh, when I play that way, I feel a rush too. And when it's all over with, I get that, whew, you know, I shake it off and um so now, having said that, you can also have what we call sub drop, or even for some tops, top drop as well. So when all of that, it's like coming down off of a high, right? You you can crash, and you get some people get emotional, and some people Do you have to have like really lots tired. of aftercare, like cuddling or uh, talking yourself back out of it. Like after someone treats you kind of 
not very nice. I would imagine you need <laughs> to be brought back to reality. Like you're not a piece of shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's a whole other thing when you start getting into that, the emotional stuff. And if you're doing humiliation play and stuff like that, that's, that's a whole other thing too. The, the, Beating is more, yeah, you know, a lot of people love to cuddle afterwards. I like after play. Sometimes it's finding, you know, getting them a, a, a bottle of water and some fruit or, you know, something to just kind of replenish because, you know, sometimes they've, you know, sweat it all out or they're just so out of energy, right? So you want to take care of them that way. Um, that's all part of the ne- negotiation in the beginning. You want to know before you start what can happen to that person and what they need to come back from it. So, you know, sometimes that's sitting around for an hour cuddling afterwards, yeah. right? Um, but I also make a habit of checking in with a submissive or with a with a bottom um, the next day as well. And sometimes if it's been pretty hard play, sometimes for a couple of days after and just checking in and just saying, you know, I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing okay. And, you know, stuff like that. And, or, sorry, I, I beat the fuck out of you. How's <laughs> no, your money? No, I'm never sorry. I'm never sorry. <laughs> She's never sorry. I have one more question. Oh, no. Usually they're still saying thank you a couple days later. So it's good. It's good. Um, okay, I have another question. Mm-hmm. The When you're just playing and it's not a partner and there's no penetration, does everyone go home and masturbate? <laughs> I think some do. Sometimes I do. It depends on what the kind of play is, the, the energy that it has been exchanged to. Question asked and answered, Hillary. <laughs> I was like, well, what's the freaking point? That's right. I know. Exactly. Finish it. Because <laughs> it's not because it's not always, like, <laughs> always sexual mode. Right? Yeah. Okay. I got to ask you, like a little while ago, you said something about emotional. Um, was it emotional bond or emotional play or something like that? Emotional humiliation. What is the, what is that when you're, you, it's, it's more emotional than it is physical. When you humiliate someone emotionally, is it just you calling them names for 20 minutes? Like how do you emotionally get to somebody that way without being physical? Um, so, you know, this is, I struggled with this a lot when I, when I first started doing this, um, I came from an abusive background, so for me, the humiliation, I just could not wrap my head around that. I'm like, why would anybody want this? And it's only been maybe the last couple of years um, since I, I made a, a very good friend, and they use, uh, he, he and his slave use a lot of humiliation play. And I, at first, was really bothered, and I couldn't watch. I couldn't listen. I was like, la, 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 with my fingers in my ears, right? And, you know, and then I started paying attention because I would see her reaction and she would just, it's like she turned into this whole other person and uh, it it made her that much more submissive. But, um, yeah, it's really, it's hard to explain. You do, you really have to see it. You have to see it to understand, but it, it I don't know, it puts them into a certain headspace um, that they want to go to uh, and, I will probably never understand that myself, uh, but I am I'm comfortable doing it now with somebody. And again, lots of negotiation that requires even more negotiation for me yeah. and more talk about aftercare um, because it does uh, sometimes trigger stuff in my mind that takes me back. Right. You but. know, I was at a party many, many years ago, and uh, we were we were hammered. It was like late into the party and somebody came in with a dog leash And they were walking a person. And I thought it was a joke until the whispers started around the party saying, oh, no, that's just his slave. She's or it was a he. No, it was a she. I'm sorry. It was she. She was a dom. He was a submissive and he was on a dog leash. And he got down on all fours and just sat there or stood there on all fours like a dog and like then we and you know after a while you you start playing the role of like okay everybody let's just pretend this is normal (laughs) so i remember (laughs) i put a little bowl of chips on his back and i treated him like an end table because i didn't know what the fuck to do yeah i really had no idea should have fed him the chips and i didn't want a puppy I didn't know what to do, but that was the first and only time I've ever experienced something like that. And all I kept thinking of was how bad I felt for that person who was on a dog leash, but seemed completely unfazed by the fact that he had a bowl of chips on his back (laughs) and an entire party happening around him, which he was not participating in. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's just, you know, normal. He wasn't just unfazed. He was loving it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I have had... um, Partners, I've had submissives that I have led around on a leash, um, <laughs> not be not like they were dogs. I'm uh, we that's furry play, 
puppy play, kitty play. There's of course it is. all sorts of them. Um, not really. I mean, I don't judge, whatever. Okay. If somebody, if I have a friend who brings a furry to a party, I, I'll go along with it, you know, but it's not, I'm not getting anything out of that. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for, for me with the leash, it, it was just, um, it's more of an ownership thing. More, I think it, it goes back more to, to like the, the old slaves, like, you know. Isn't that, isn't that kid. wrong? <laughs> on every single level, even the word "slave" is wrong. I mean, it's wrong. D- d- isn't there a part of you that no. says there no. isn't? No, not if it's consensual. Because they're saying, "Yes, I want to be that." Not you stole me from my right life, right? And I get it. If it's consensual, it's not my job to police somebody else's relationship. Yeah, I yeah. get that. But just still, it just it just feels wrong sometimes. Yeah. And then you have to say, "Is there, are you okay that you want that?" And you ask. Then then I would start. Asking quite honestly, is everything okay with your mental health? Uh, no, I would. I would yeah, say, are yeah. you okay? I would be concerned. Yeah, you like, would not be the first one. By all right. Means. Yeah. No. I would be really concerned going into something like this that it's a lot of people with a lot of issues, and if you're in it for the wrong reasons, like, do do you ever say no to people because they clearly have some issues they need to see a psychiatrist or psychologist yep. about? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. There, um, but you know, you see this in in everything, not just in BDSM, not just in the kink world. It's it's everywhere. People that will go into something looking for something, right? There's some there's a piece of, that's missing, or they're looking to heal. Or now there are some people that use BDSM in a healing manner. Um, the needles is a really good example. I have played with people who um, get a release. You know, if they're stressed, if there's something that's really bothering them, there's something about you know, having a needle break the skin, come out the other side and just you can envision in your head things leaving out those out those holes. You yes. Know? Um, so there are some people that use it in a positive way like that. Um, there are also some people who just really, really need to seek help. <laughs> you know, they really do. They're not going to get the help that they need in this lifestyle. They're not going to get the help they need in the vanilla lifestyle either they need to go and get professional help there are definitely people like that that's scary <laughs> but i work with people like that in my vanilla job too right there's, there's just people that just shouldn't be places until yeah they... but those are the people that are the most uh, vulnerable those are the people who could really get hurt if the in this lifestyle if there weren't people like you who probably have a, a good moral compass and can say okay this is not comfortable but there are, i'm sure are p- plenty of people in your community who don't care yeah would you agree with that um they are out there we do what we can to yeah. try so i'm i am an educator as well within within our little community um i run a social group as well we we meet um, for different events. We actually meet for something we call a slosh or uh, a munch, which is uh, a regular meeting I once worry a month. about that being something completely <laughs> not. You say munch, I'm like, all right. Um, no, we just meet. We meet in a vanilla setting. Um, we're actually meeting on Tuesday night. And uh, we just, we meet in a restaurant. We all have dinner. There's sometimes there's 10 people there. Sometimes there's 30. And it's just uh, a chance for the new people coming out to meet people. Um, and and there's a lot of us that have been around for a long time that are there too. So it's there's some guidance. And, you know, we can talk to people openly about rules. And nobody's dressed up or anything. You know, we're all just in, in our jeans and T-shirts. No get masks. None no, of that. No, no. <laughs> Occasionally you will see somebody with a collar. But usually it's a day collar where people would not really know what's going on. Yeah, you guys must be like really happy chokers are back in style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so some people have collars that are just like a necklace or something, though, too. Just something to signify that ownership. But um, yeah, so we we really try. I mean, it's not just me. I'm not the only one with the moral compass. I have a lot of a lot of friends, too, who um, are happy to get out there and talk to new people and to, even to talk to older people that might be a little bit misguided and... You know, it's really important to those of us who are serious about the lives that we lead to educate people and to make it a safe place. We look out for the people, you know, we look out for our friends, we look out for the new people. And um, with as much discretion as we can um, advise if if we see somebody who is sending up a lot of red flags or something, you know, just to 
be mindful of who they're who they're collaborating with and you know and then take it from there yeah so if okay it, so if somebody wants to get a hold of more information on this and in a safe way because i know you say if you're going to fat life you have to be careful yeah if if somebody's inspired by this podcast and wants to know more where should they go um fat life fat life is a is a great place because um there's a lot of event listings there it's just like like on facebook you know if you're going to post an event times and places and stuff um a lot of things like parties or things where there's going to be play a lot of those are uh you you would need to be vetted in but it lists a lot of the sloshes and the munches and stuff where you can go and meet people and talk to some of the community leaders and um really get a good feel for what's going on the the sloshes are the really the the biggest advice that we give for people that are just coming out to get out there and and learn but uh fetlife has some great groups where you can get a lot of education and stuff too um it does have a lot of lurkers though there's a lot of people out there that see it kind of as a hookup site or a dating site or which it's really not meant to be but yeah, if you can weed through those ones, you know, then you're good. And what's your profile on FetLife? Is it okay if people contact you? Absolutely. Yeah, I can. If, if they're in Ottawa, I'm I myself am from Brockville, um, but I can. I'm pretty familiar with the the groups from Ottawa and Kingston, uh, a little bit of Belleville, some of Toronto. So uh, I can definitely put people in touch with people who are safe. Who are safe. You know? And what's your profile name? It is Maleficent Fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, with a, an underscore between the Maleficent and the fire. So not Nancy? No. Okay. Not Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was very illuminating, wasn't it, Hillary? It was. I, it's very interesting. And I think that it's, it's important to talk about doing things like this in a safe way for mm-hmm. people who are curious. So I applaud you on your moral compass. Thank you. Yeah, and I I appreciate being here because I'm I'm all about education and and being safe and 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 about having fun, right? Well, so I learned a lot today. I'll <laughs> tell you that, Maleficent. <laughs> Thanks for being a guest on the Quick and the Dirty podcast. Thank you. Great to meet you guys. And don't forget to follow the Quick and the Dirty on social Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss one zero five three, Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 1053 and Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.